I am Citizen 44. Hey everybody, Mark Ahrensberg here. Welcome to Citizen 44. This is show number 81. Today on the show, I have dear friend Alan Hicks. This is Alan's second time on the Citizen 44 podcast. Super great guy, very conscious, self-aware, forward-thinking, good dad, good husband. I think you'll enjoy our conversation. It's been three weeks now since my mom passed, and I hope you get a chance, if you haven't already, check out show number 80. She was 80 when she passed on November 30th, and it's a pretty funny show. It's going to break some hearts, but it's also a funny show with my mom and my dad, and it's pretty special that I have her voice to listen to for the rest of my life. So I'm really grateful that she participated in the making of the show, and I'm hoping that my father also continues to be part of this project. A couple days ago now, I'm up at 1 o'clock in the morning, and I purchased my ticket to go to Ho Chi Minh City, Vietnam, because that's where I'm going on January 9th. I'm leaving, I'm out of here, moving out of Ashland, moving out of the States, gonna start over. I'm super excited about it. I don't know anybody there. I got no fear around it. The reason I'm going to Ho Chi Minh City is it's supposed to be the jewel of Southeast Asia. Their economy is blowing up. Their unemployment is the lowest in the world. They're growing by leaps and bounds, and the food is heavily vegetarian and vegan, so I'm dialed in there. It's super cheap. It's on the ocean, the China Sea. The people are supposed to be very sweet, and I just need to be in a place that I can afford to live and flourish at still this young age of 58. I'm not done. I'm just getting started, so I need a place that can appreciate the wisdom and experience that I bring with me, and I'm really looking forward to going. So I'm going to take Zoe back to college, back to OSU on the 5th, and then I'm looking for a ride share to go to LA. I'll hang with my dad for a couple of days, then head off to LAX on the 9th. Got a 10 p.m. flight. I'm going to end up in China for a day after my long flight and lay on the beach. And then a couple hours after that, I'm in Saigon. About 10 p.m. I'll arrive, have a meal, go to bed, and get started in my new life. I'm super stoked about it. I want to thank everybody in Ashland, in my community, all those that have contributed generously to uh, go to Vietnam. I think my kids are pretty supportive of my action. I don't know how thrilled their mother is about me leaving, but I think she's gotten a little more comfortable with the idea. It's a pretty amazing time. 2020, man, I am shaking it up. But right now, we got Rich Reese. Here we go. What happened to your sweater? My lovely ex-girlfriend from London, from England, from Cornwall, when she came to visit last year, she brought some moths with her. They ate your sweater? Yes. Well, it's good in the summer. Yeah. So this is probably our last face-to-face show recording. Yeah. You haven't been on the show for a long time because you've been doing your thing and I've been doing my thing. Yeah. But as you may know, at about one o'clock in the morning, I bought a plane ticket to leave America. Good for you. Congratulations. Thank you very much. I'll be leaving on January 9th for Saigon. Hmm. 
Good morning, Vietnam! Do you mean Ho Chi Minh City or Saigon? It's HCMC to like the hip crowd. Sure. But it's still Saigon for a lot of people. The Americans fled and they renamed it Ho Chi Minh City. Correct. Yeah. That's what happened. Yeah. So you're doing things too, aren't you? What no, are you doing? Nothing. You're not doing anything? You're no, working no. on your bathroom? I'm working on my bathroom. And How's that frust- coming? Frustrating. Didn't you like almost destroy it yesterday? Yeah, I almost set fire to it. Wow. Do you think just the bathroom would burn and not the rest of your house? Yeah, probably. I didn't think that far. It looks really good, by the way. You got a new shower. You did a lot of the work yourself I because did. good help is hard to find in Ashland. Yeah. They like to charge doctor's fees, but they don't want to do the work. Huh. Handymen charge, what, 60 bucks an hour? It's ridiculous. None of them are available, none of them show up, and they all have excuses. Maybe that's why they charge so much, because they don't want to work very often. It's cheaper in LA than it is here. Of course it is. It's ridiculous. Well, it's a bigger city. There's a lot more people doing it. There's a lot more competition. I think because there's limited amount of people doing the work, they own it. Well, I'm not going to prescribe to it. I fired my guy because, you know, I left for 10 days and you were there. He showed up, what, three hours? It's unexcusable. Yeah. His weed was really good, though. Yeah. Where are you going for Christmas? Sacramento to see my uncle and aunt. You're having a holiday with the holidays? Yes. Oh, when's the last time you saw them? 20 years. Wow. You are a holiday. Yes. There's two L's in my name. Oh, I did not know that. H-O-L-L-I-D-A-Y? That's correct. Like Doc Holiday. I did not know he had two L's also. Are you related? Maybe. You don't know? Not sure. My father claimed we were, but you know, that's one of those things. Huh. Well, you seem kind of like an outlaw. I probably have the temperament. You definitely have the temperament. Yeah, I know. (laughs) We went and saw The Irishman. Yeah, that was a short film, wasn't it? Which part? (laughs) There was a huge drama brewing while I was in the theater. What are you talking about? Well, before we went to the theater, I don't know why, but I found this picture of this woman's leg who had brushed up against the most poisonous plant in the world. It's called the wild asparagus. It's like a poison oak, poison ivy kind of plant. So this woman brushes up against it and her leg had these massive blisters on it. It was absolutely horrifying. So as a joke, I sent it to Zach and Dylan with no comment. I just thought that they would be like, what is that? And then I forgot, I sent it and went to the movies. So they thought it was me. They contacted my mother and they called all the hospitals around the Rogue Valley. Couldn't reach me. I came home to like 200 messages and then they were all pissed off at me. Huh. So did you like the movie? (laughs) (laughs) Wasn't my favorite Scorsese film, but it was good. What's your favorite? Wolf of Wall Street. Oh, with Leo. Yeah. Your buddy from Beyond Burger. Yeah. It's coming back. We'll see. Oh no, I think it's gonna come back. I guess they made a deal with KFC. They tried the uh, Beyond Chicken. Yeah, and? Sold out in one day. Oh. They made a deal with Subway. They made a deal with McDonald's. Yeah, in Europe. How's the music business? Uh, it's, uh, it's tedious. You got anybody new and exciting? Well, I signed the legendary Sam Cooke's daughter, Carla Cook. Carla Cook? Sam Cooke pretty much invented soul, the real stuff. He was the first man. He inspired Al Green. He discovered Lou Rawls. He was the godfather of that. And his daughter is a very talented young woman. She's amazing. She's beautiful. She's so cool. Love her so much. And I'm going to help her get her project off the ground, which is the ultimate tribute to Sam Cooke. Sweet. That sounds like a home run. Pretty easy. I would think it would be because no one else is doing anything like it. Wow. Yeah, no one else can do it. 
And you just watched a documentary about him, right? The Two Killings of Sam Cooke on Netflix. It's called The Two Killings of Sam Cooke? Sam Cooke was mysteriously murdered in a motel room in 1964, and it's very weird. Huh. Very strange. And it's unsolved. Well, the police swept it under the rug. It was a female hotel clerk. The hotel clerk killed him. She shot him, and they acquitted her, and there's no investigation They just said, nope, case closed. And it was proven that she shot him. She admitted it. She said, I shot him. What was really weird is it was a six shooter, but she shot 30 times. How do you get 30 bullets out of- She must have reloaded. And kept shooting him. She got off? They said it was justifiable. You're acquitted. It's over. How was it justifiable? Because they said he was banging on the door and she felt threatened. So she had to put 30 bullets in him. Very weird. He was one of the most kind, gentle, amazing human beings, but he was very close with Malcolm X and a lot of other powerful black leaders. He undermined the record company, which nobody did back then, and told them, I don't need you. I'm starting my own label, my own publishing, everything. So he had enemies. Corrupt enemies. Yeah. Very dark. Cool that you're working with his daughter. She got some kind of tour that you're going to launch? Well, the music business is shut down during Christmas, pretty much. So, so next year, 2020, yeah, right? I'm going to just really help her get into the performing arts centers and get her name out there. Carla Cook presents the ultimate Sam Cook experience. Awesome. Well, you've done so well with the Zamed brothers. How they doing? They just finished their Christmas tour yesterday in Boston. How'd that go? It was a very successful tour. They did half their songs and the other half of the show was Christmas songs. Are they going to take a break now? We're taking like two months off. That's great. And you're going for Christmas to see the double L's and then uh, you're back a couple days later. Back in Ashland. Yeah, I'll take care of the Jakes. I know you're thrilled to be in Ashland. This is like fucking quicksand. What are you doing for New Year's? Um, I might wash the dog. You have a Christmas sweater for him? Yeah, I do. You have a Christmas sweater for Big Jake? No. Big Jake's a nuisance. He is cute though. They're both pretty cute. He's annoying, but yeah, he's cute. Yeah. Well, Rich, uh, I hope you have a beautiful holiday with two L's. Um, yeah. And again, thank you for all your generosity. It's been really fun and I couldn't have done it without you. And you have a good life in uh, Asia. Thanks, Rich. Happy holidays. Thank you. Hey, Mark. Good to be here. Good to see you, Alan. You just had a birthday, right? I did. 71. Seven and one makes eight, which is two fours. 44. And here we are at Citizen 44. You had your 71st birthday on Saturday the 28th. Is that what it was? Correct, Amundo. Okay. What'd you do for your birthday? Well, my beautiful wife took me out to breakfast at the brick room and then took the dog for a walk. Then we went home, and I think I fiddled with a painting of my daughter. It's a portrait, and uh, I think I'm on number 18. Wow. (laughs) Yeah, that's a lot of gesso. I was thinking about this movie with Jeffrey Rush, who played Giacomini, and he's doing a portrait of this gentleman, and he says, oh, it'll only take two or three days. Weeks later, the guy who's sitting for him has got to fly back to New York. He keeps canceling his trip and it's getting expensive. He gets it to a certain point. He finally admits that it's all wrong. 
erases it and starts all over again. He says, it's impossible to do a portrait. Well, I don't think it's impossible, but it's different to do a portrait than it is to say, draw a picture of a bicycle. A bicycle is this inanimate object. It's got lines and you can really make it look like a bicycle. But the face, especially the face of a loved one, there's something that you have to get right, but your mind starts messing with it. That's not her. Sometimes you're trying to make it look realistic rather than just trying to make it feel like that person feels to you. What does 71 feel like versus say 70? You start noticing, at least as far as my genetic makeup goes, my DNA, things start to break down. For me, it started in my late 60s. You start to notice your mortality, thinking about mortality, but also changes the physical body. That starts showing up. Lines show up, anomalies show up, aches and pains. And you go, oh, I'm getting close now. I'm getting closer. And how do you deal with that? You smile and say, I'm getting closer. I'm getting closer. <laughs> Leave your cell phone in the car rather than carrying it around with you. You did that today. I was very impressed. Yeah. Because you're usually the guy that sticks it right on the table, ready to go with pictures of your granddaughter and the last great thing you saw. Yeah, there's new clinical studies out now that says those iPhones or other phones are radiating more than they claimed they were. Caveat mTOR, man. When my daughter got her iPhone, there's this teeny tiny print. Full disclosure, they're just not making it easy. But they have to tell the truth based on what they know. Yeah. It's up to us to decide if that is worthy of our attention. Yeah, don't sleep with this on your ear. You wrote your memoir recently. I, I did that just in case. And what's that called? 33 Insights. 33 Insights. Yeah. I read it and I'm in it, which was surprising. And my daughter read the portion that you wrote about me and claimed that you know me very well. And she was laughing when she said, you know me very well. Oh, then it must be true. I guess. I mean, it's true based on what you know and what she knows. Yeah, well, you make me laugh, so that's part of it. I'm glad I can offer that to you. and misdemeanors Woody Allen one of my favorite movies fantastic yeah I've seen it at least a dozen times Martin Landau Martin Landau I believe right. he got an Academy Award for that he performance. did I watched it with Rich about two months ago and it's incredible and the more I see the deeper it is it's a Jewish story too along with yeah. all the other things Woody brings a lot of his Jewish heritage into his media some of the highlights in the movie is discussion at these dinners about morals and ethics. Alan Alda, Angelica Houston was in that movie in quite the freak show. Yeah. You don't see her in much anymore. No, she's got to be almost 80 now. Interesting woman. 
probably one of the best perspectives on Jack Nicholson of anyone. She oh. knew him really well. He's not dead, you know. No, he's not. Okay. You know, Scorsese has a new movie. Irishman. Yeah, $250 million Netflix budget. Yeah, huge budget. A lot of CG. I was watching an old Raiders of the Lost Ark, and there's a scene in there where a plane crashes into a mountain. It's the worst CG I've ever seen in my life. We're so spoiled now. I know. It has to look so good. I was watching Jumanji, Robin Williams, and my father and I had just come back from seeing The Lion King. The CG is spot on. Yeah. Look how far we've come just in 10 years. Yeah. Did you see Quentin Tarantino's latest, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood? Yes. What'd you think of that? When I was reminded of the title, the fact that it was Once Upon a Time, it's like he's saying a fairy tale. I thought it was one of Tarantino's best films. Pulp Fiction aside, I thought it was really well done. And without spoiling anything, I thought the twist at the end came together really nice because it held the tension the whole way. The audience knows what's going to happen to Sharon Tate, and it changes. Yes, he took creative liberty. <laughs> he did. I did think it was great. There was some commentary about how Bruce Lee gets his butt kicked by Brad Pitt. Right. And how that would not have been. Yeah. It's a movie. For right. Christ's it's a movie. Sake. He can do what he wants. Yeah. Yeah, it's fun. I actually laughed my ass off. I thought it was yeah. one of the funniest scenes in the whole movie. Yeah, when he hits the car. That yeah, was great. Hard. And then he gets yelled at for beating him up and ruining the car. Come on, forget it. And the line about manslaughter. Manslaughter, that's like the lowest version of murder, murder. right? Yeah. Slaughter doesn't sound like the lowest version of no. this particular crime. Yes. Yeah, okay. You know, McDonald's in Europe is now doing the Beyond Burger. That's right. They're not doing it here. Not Because yet. they probably don't want to compete with Carl's Jr. Okay. And then Burger King, of course, is doing the Impossible Burger. And then Del Taco's doing the Beyond Burger tacos and burritos. I saw a commercial last night for their vegetarian burritos and tacos. Well, they're doing a vegan style. You can get the taco with just the lettuce, tomatoes, and a slice of avocado on top. It's fantastic. Uh-huh, yeah. I like the tag at the end of the commercial. It's a bubble over a woman's head. She said, I'm a vegetarian now. Here's the thing. We got to take this one step at a time. That's right. The fact that we're even getting these options is incredible to me. Yeah. Even five years ago when I would talk about veganism, people would think I'm crazy, but it is obviously seeping into society and becoming a norm. And it is an option for people to consider when they go to the doctor and the doctor says, you know what? You can never eat red meat again. Yeah. People can go, well, can I go get the thing at the place? And they, yeah, go get the thing at the place. Yeah. Now, just so you know, those aren't like the healthiest options, but they're not meat. Right. And there's not something you'd start eating five days a week. It's a transition food. So people can see that there are options. Yeah. I think that's a good way to go. Good beginning. There's that. <laughs> what else is happening in the world right now? We're in such flux. I could put a plug in for this wonderful 20 minute video 
by Deepak Chopra that was actually done in 2018. You can see it on YouTube. It was from the Science and Non-Duality Conference. And that 20-minute video, which incidentally ends with a song by George Harrison, I believe that the title was, What Did George Harrison Know? And there's a song which I had never heard before, but apparently it's out there, where George is talking about the material world, materialism versus a non-dualistic world, and Deepak's talking about our perceptions and how what we see is completely made of consciousness. It's not made of matter. And that's a hard one for a lot of people to wrap their brain around. But this 20-minute lecture is one that one could definitely start to begin to see that materialism, or what we call matter, the hard stuff of our lives, that that is something that we objectify. That's how we see our world. But science has no definition of matter. They don't know what matter is. It's atoms and it's subatomic particles. But as you break it down, they finally throw up their hands and say, we don't know what it is. Do you know why that is? Tell me. Because it doesn't matter. <laughs> That's funny. I think a lot of times relationships 
especially with our immediate family, our parents and our children, they start to shape our identity. And I think that's where we kind of go off track. This is not to say that we shouldn't cherish our family. We should do that. But when the family becomes who we are, that takes us off our uniqueness in a sense. And it makes us dependent on certain memories, certain tracks, certain things that we have done or haven't done, regrets. And then that becomes who we are when in fact it's not who we are. And I think this is true for many people that they have to make that decision because philosophy, religion, different belief systems, you really have to sort of set that stuff aside in order to find out who you are because otherwise it's shaping you in such a way that it restricts you, it limits you to some degree. A cultural view of one's religion or philosophy seems like more of a fit for the individual than dogma that has been interpreted and continues to be interpreted in a societal way, what's handy for the institution at the time. And that's always been somewhat repugnant to me. But the essential truths that are there I can resonate with. People are not thinking for themselves. Right. They are allowing stories, other narratives, to determine how they operate. Mm -hmm. And that can't be comfortable because we're not being who we really are. The result is the world that we have, which is in absolute turmoil. And I think it's all breaking apart, which is a good thing. The stories don't really apply to the modern human being. And I think my children and their children are going to see that this is a very thin veil of reality. These future generations will be thinking for themselves, will make choices, and decide who they are based on who they really are. Yeah, Greta Thunberg, the Swedish 16-year-old, she's that. She's that new world citizen that says, you're not going to do this to our planet. The whole concept of stories, which Deepak touches upon in that talk, that 20-minute talk, evolved from ancient times and the person who could speak the best garnered the most followers. So his story is what caught on. It didn't make any difference if it was true. He went from a thousand followers to a hundred thousand followers. People get stuck in that as being their reality. Politics. Yeah. You can teach an idiot to speak in public. Yeah, we have bona fide proof of that. Who's qualifying the messenger? At some point, this is going to unravel. Yeah. It must unravel in order for us to get to this new level of consciousness, which is the truth within ourselves versus what somebody else is telling us is the truth. Yeah. None of it's the truth anyway. The whole thing's an opinion. Yeah. We 
don't know anything about anything. We're literally willing to kill each other over nothing that we could possibly know. Right. Why? These are fabricated concepts based on best intentions. It's all just verbal masturbation. We don't know any of these things and we're attaching ideas and concepts around things that we will never ever probably know about. Yeah. Why do we feel so attached to the things that are unknowable versus attaching to the things that are knowable, which is you and me right here. Why do we have difficulty over the things that we don't even need to know anything about? Can't we just appreciate the magic? Yeah. The only thing that's important is how do I coexist with you? And how do I make you part of my experience? Yeah. an imperfect world. I'm going to make mistakes. But the chances of you being much more successful in whatever you do by going that internal route than going the external route, filling it up with objects and stimuli and technology. I'm not saying that's all bad or anything. I'm just saying if you have the monkey mind that is filled with all of those things, it's really hard to be quiet and listen to what is going on. I don't do a meditation anymore that has this structured thing to it. I let go of the structured thing and I just wait. And sometimes something happens, sometimes it doesn't. But it's usually an insight, it's a remembrance. It's something that tells me this is a direction. Do that. Okay. That usually works out. <laughs> No man's an island. Yeah. We were put on this piece of real estate together so we could work out being together. Yeah. Chelsea Handler, a comedian, has done a couple of Netflix specials, one on racism and one on white privilege. And they're excellent shows because she's not pretending that she knows it all. She's interviewing people to try to discover what is the core of this. And one of the interesting things that came up on the racism issue is that instead of going to them and trying to solve your racism, you need to go to other white people and actually talk about racism with them. That's where things are going to change. But people need to be willing to do that. They need to be willing to bring that up in a conversation and explore that topic. What she got when she went to various areas, especially in the South, white people responding to her about white privileges, they didn't see it. Whoa. It's pretty plain that you have people who have been frozen out from privilege and they don't see this because they're telling that same story over and over again to themselves.
not just to themselves. They're getting outside influence that supports that story. Whether, yeah, absolutely. Even in their own schools. Yeah. It's what they think is the truth. Yeah, this is the story that gets reinforced. Even the Holocaust naysayers. Why would we be mad at their children when in fact they don't know anything differently? Like you just said, we have to get together and help educate people so they start knowing what the truth really is. Yeah, and the education begins with around the dinner table, not being afraid of that topic and try to discover what's convinced you that this is the way it is. The why issue is the whole thing that we don't do. Yeah. And that's on everything. We are the Band-Aid approach to every problem we have. Yeah. Instead of really lifting up the rug and looking at the stuff and dealing with the core issues so we can have a clean slate to work with, we just pile more shit on top of shit, <laughs> thinking the other shit on the bottom is going to disappear, but it's not going to happen that way. We have to actually get to why do these young people go into schools and shoot everybody up? Why do we have this repetitive thing that happens? giving us numerous opportunities to address it, we don't get to the core of things, which is why we don't get anything done. I don't understand. I talk to my children about this all the time. Until we decide to get to the why collectively and figure it out, we're never gonna fix anything. Well, Alan, it's been super fun and happy belated birthday. Thank you, Mark, and thank you for being here. My pleasure. Where else would I be? the show i hope you enjoyed it it was really great having alan on for a second time and he really has some excellent insights into things through his life experience and i'm hoping that the little tidbits that he's offered are valuable to you i also want to thank rich for doing a final check-in we'll be able to call and do this thing from vietnam it was good to get in front of him and chat it up and reconnect i'm moving out of there and i'm moving out of here but I'm gonna keep doing the show. I do have some shows in the hopper already. Got Mimi Lindauer coming up on show number 82. My youngest guest yet, daughter of dear friend Robbie Lindauer. It will definitely be an interesting show. I wanna thank you so much. Your listenership is much appreciated. You can hear all the shows at CastBox and become a subscriber. There'll be a lot of interesting people, I'm sure, in Southeast Asia. I've got my friends in Thailand that want to participate and become guests on the show. So it'll be super fun to have the sounds of Vietnam and what it's like to be in Vietnam after we decimated that country back in the late 60s and early 70s. I'm exceptionally excited about how I'm going to be received, and I'm excited to share that with you. Again, thanks so much for listening. 
And please stay tuned because I got more shows coming up. Zinhai Chamsa. Thank you, Sam, Zoe, and Val. If whatever you're doing is not working, there's one way you can change that, and that's to change what you do, 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 change what you do. Yes. I am Citizen 44.